Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Prophecy prepares us for the future. Through prophecy, we can see what God is going to do and not just know what He will do, but also how He wants us to respond. If you are a believer, you will want to be pleasing to God. And you please God through obedience. I say all the time, one is not saved by obedience, but having been saved by that free gift. Through the grace of God, through faith, you are called as a new creation to obey God. And prophecy gives us a kingdom perspective. Now, we left off last week with Messiah, him going into the Galilee. Why? Prophetically, that is where Messiah is going to begin to be revealed. So everything that Messiah did, he did based upon the word of God. He fulfilled prophecy. Now, many people will say this. He fulfills all the messianic prophecies. Well, he will, but there are still some prophecies yet to be fulfilled. And he'll do all the prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled when he returns. So we see that coming out of the wilderness, having been tempted but overcoming temptation by the word of God and obeying the will of God, he comes into the Galilee. And what does he do? He preaches. And through his teaching and revealing the truth of God, he receives glory. The people honor him, but something is about to change. Why? Well, take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 16. We read here in this verse, and he came into Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is in the Galilee. That word has great significance, Nazareth. It speaks about a twig, a part of a tree, perhaps a stump, and then a twig bursts forth. It sprouts up. That is that word, Netzer. And Messiah is indeed that twig that steps forth, that springs up from the stump of Jesse to fulfill that Davidic call. What Davidic call? To be the Messiah, the son of David, to bring victory for those who are seeking victory through the promises of God. So we read, and he came into Nazareth where he was raised. 
Now, he probably returned there as a young boy in the neighborhood of six or so years of age, coming out of Egypt, having fled there because, as we read, because of King Herod and his desire to kill the Messiah. He went down for a period to Egypt, and he came up to do the will of his heavenly Father, the will of God to bring about redemption. So here in Nazareth, he was raised, he grew up, and he entered, and notice this next part, he entered according to his minhog. Now, a minhog is a custom. It is a personal tradition. It can be extended to a community beyond that one individual. And we're speaking about something that was done traditionally, a custom that Yeshua had and a custom for every synagogue. What are we talking about? Well, when we look at this verse carefully, it says, and he entered according to the tradition, the custom that was to him on the Sabbath day. That means that he went into, as we'll see in a moment, a synagogue on Shabbat. And what was unique, what was the custom, was this. After the reading of the Torah, that is a passage from one of the first five books in the Bible, what we call the Pentateuch, the law of Moses. Each week in the synagogue, and this is also a minhag, a custom, a different portion from the Torah is read. And then corresponding with that is a reading from the prophets. And what we learn is this. It was his custom to be the one who on Shabbat would read and then explain that reading from the prophets. So there's the reading of the law to be followed by the reading of the prophets, and it was his custom within that synagogue after the reading of the Torah for him to get up and read. And that's exactly what we see. Look at the end of verse 17. And he stood up to read. Now, Normally, it is given to one of the most respected individuals to read from the prophets. Why? Because after reading, there is that that teaching that follows. And one of the responsibilities is to show the connection between the Torah reading and the prophetic reading that accompanies it. So here we have Yeshua. In the Galilee, why prophetically? This is where Messiah begins to be revealed. Now, he'll do his great work of redemption in Jerusalem. But he's in Galilee to reveal himself. That's why he's been teaching and going throughout the synagogues of Galilee. And now he's come home. He's in that hometown of his, Nazareth. It's Shabbat, and therefore to honor Shabbat to obey Shabbat, to do Shabbat. He enters into the synagogue, and it says at the end of verse 17, and he stood to read, verse 17, and was given to him, and we have this word, 
where we get the English word Bible from. Here it's probably referring to a scroll. And the reason why I say that, if you look carefully, it says, and was given to him the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. Now, Isaiah is read more frequently than any other prophetic book in the synagogue. Now, what happens is it's not that the entire book is read, but after the reading of the Torah, a different portion, something relevant, something connected to the Torah passage, or if it's a festival or a special Shabbat, then that prophetic reading will correspond with that special Shabbat. What is being emphasized? What's unique about that time of year, that Shabbat specifically? And he was given the prophet Isaiah. And it says that he opened it up, that is, he unrolled the scroll. And he found the place where it had been written. Now, the spot in which was, but it says having been written. It's odd and awkward for us to say that in English, but it's emphasizing. Yes, he was given the prophecy of Isaiah. But the question is this. Where he's going to read from in a moment is not read today in the synagogue, and most would say it had not been read in the synagogue, meaning it wasn't one of the prophetic passages. Now, we're talking about Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is read, but not the beginning portion, later on in the chapter. So these wonderful words were not usually read. They were not well known from the readings in the synagogue, but because of their content, they were very well known. And they were words of hope, words of expectation, words that pointed to the Messiah. And we can see this in a moment. Look again at verse 17 in the middle of that verse. And he opened up the scroll and he found the place where it was having been written. And then look at verse 18. This is what he reads from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, that means that there is a call upon his life, a call from God. And I mentioned to you before, when the Spirit is mentioned, we should think about redemption. Why? There's a passage that's read every day in the synagogue from Isaiah chapter 59, beginning in verse 20, where it speaks about God redeeming his people from the transgression of Israel, taking away that. And this is part of a covenant, a new covenant, which is connected to the giving of the Holy Spirit. So when the Spirit's mentioned, it brings a context of redemption to that passage. And that's why it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Where on account of he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, the poor, we're going to learn later on that this poor that he's speaking of are the poor in spirit. 
those who feel spiritually inadequate, those who need, and here's the key, the spirit being given is an outcome of redemption. So they who are poor, it's an idiom. We're not talking about poor financially, but we're talking about poor spiritually, that is, in need of redemption. And let me be quite clear about something. If you have not been redeemed, and you might say, well, how would I know whether I've been redeemed or not? Very simple. If you have received the gospel, if you have confessed Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, believing in that work on the cross, acknowledging your need for forgiveness because we're all sinners, and trusting in what he did, if, in fact, you have not done that, then you too are in great need of redemption. And there's only one way, and that is indeed through the gospel. So he says that he had been anointed. For what purpose? He had been anointed to preach the good news to the poor. And he was sent. He had sent me, meaning God has sent me to heal the broken hearted who are the brokenhearted those who look at this world and see how far this world is from the purposes of god those who are grieved inwardly because of their own problem with sin and how also the world has a problem with sin and there's only one solution and that is redemption we know that paul mentions that the world, all of the world, and we're talking about creation, not necessarily each individual person, but the world itself. It cries out for redemption. The world recognizes its need. The question is, do you? Do you recognize your need to be redeemed, your family's need to be redeemed, your friend's need to be redeemed? That's what this passage is speaking of, and that he was sent into this world, it says, to heal the brokenhearted. And what else? And to proclaim to the captives. Now, there's going to be an emphasis on those who are in bondage, and that's what sin does. Sin enslaves us. And just like the children of Israel being in Egypt, They could not be set free apart from redemption. What does that mean? Only through redemption could they be set free of bondage. And they were set free. Remember we talked about this? They received liberty. And what is liberty? The freedom to serve God. The freedom to do God's will. So Messiah, he was anointed in order to do something in order to do the gospel, to proclaim it and fulfill it to those who are poor spiritually. He was sent, God sent him, to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim to the captives, those who are in bondage. And we have a very important word. It's a word that's usually translated forgiveness. It's a word of release, oftentimes being released from the eternal consequence of sin. Now, realize, 
Messiah sets us free. He delivers us. He redeems us from the eternal consequence of sin. Just because I'm saved, my sins are forgiven, that doesn't mean that I'm delivered from the earthly consequences. I might sin, and I might have to uh, do something. I might be fined by the government. I may be put in jail, some punishment. Our faith doesn't save us from that. It saves us from the punishment of God. That's what redemption is about. So we see here to proclaim, he says, to the captives, this release. And it's usually a word that relates to being released from the eternal consequences of sin and also to proclaim to the blind ones the recovery of sight now what he's saying here is being in bondage affects how we see things when we are living in sin we are not going to see things from the right perspective and we need the redeemer to heal us and to change us to set us free so that we can see things correctly from God's perspective. And then it goes on to say, not only this, but also, also we read about being sent to the ones who are oppressed. And why? Also, the same word appears. Those who are in captive, those who are oppressed, in order that we would be free, delivered released and again all of this has the same purpose that we might be free to serve god see many people hear an improper gospel they hear this yes their sin yes he pays the penalty for your sin you're forgiven through him that's all wonderful true factual but the problem is this They say, receive Messiah, not just for the forgiveness of sins, but so that he can come into your life. Well, that's true as well, but here's the problem. So that he can fix things according to what you want. Messiah doesn't do that. He has a better purpose, a right understanding of his Father's will for your life. And he is going to move for you to fulfill God's will, not for you to to receive God as your servant so that he straightened things out according to what you want. That's not faith. It's popular. It's frequently taught. It will sell a lot of books. It will cause conferences to, to have thousands of people have come, but it is not truth. It is deception. It is not why you have been redeemed. It is not the message, the gospel that God proclaims through his only begotten son, Messiah. When we look here, it is so that those who are in bondage, the captives can be set free, and those who are oppressed, he was sent in order order to deliver them. And what else? Well, look now at verse 19. It says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, what? A wonderful proclamation he was sent in order to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor now you may not know it but you are in desperate need of God's favor this word 
is related to to grace but it's favor meaning this that god is going to position you even where you don't deserve he's going to position you in order that you can receive the fulfillment of his promises that's what god wants to do he wants you to move in his will so that you can do what he requires requires for salvation no salvation is a free gift requires to serve him so it all comes down to this do you really want to serve him too many people want god to serve them that's not spirituality that's not the faith of our fathers this is not the truth concerning messiah so he proclaims this this day or i should say year of the lord's favor that's what we see in this passage of scripture and then look if you would to verse 20 after saying these things he closed the scroll he gave it to the attendant and what did he do he sat down and then it says all in the synagogue the eyes all of those who were in synagogue their eyes were were fixed upon him he's sitting down he had made this wonderful proclamation and everyone is looking at him now what is normally done well the custom in the synagogue is that now there's a teaching and what does he say well he speaks look at verse 21 but and this means in contrast to what they expected him to say but he began to speak to them that today this scripture has been fulfilled now this is also another difficult word to translate because it means it's been fulfilled in the past it is being fulfilled now and it will continue to be filled meaning there's yet things to be done in order that is completely filled what the scripture is saying is that god has began that work he's doing that work but yet there's things yet to be done before this time of favor and this prophecy from isaiah 61 that messiah is reading it all has to do with a kingdom promise that will be fulfilled so he says look again at verse verse 21 but he began to speak to them that today this scripture has is and will be fulfilled in your ears now this tells them that there's a present time fulfillment that this scripture is at work now at that time and that they are going to hear of these things and witness them it's going to happen now in this time but then we read in verse 22 and all were testifying of him and were marveling at the words of grace the words of grace the ones that proceeded from his mouth and they were saying you see they heard these wonderful things and they knew that they were messianic in nature 
That prophecy from Isaiah 61 is a messianic prophecy. When we get into the latter portion of Isaiah, it's full of prophecy that that centers on the person and the work of Messiah. And they understood this. And therefore, look carefully at what happens. Their eyes were fixed upon him. Their ears were hearing these words of grace. And then they said, Is this not the son of Joseph? Could it be that that this son of Joseph, that he could say such things? That he could proclaim such things in regard to him and and ourselves and at this time verse 23 and he said to them and it's word all meaning all of you and it can be translated and some do surely it's a a word of of exclamation that is relevant for all people all those who were there he says surely all of you will say to me this par- parable What's the parable? Physician, heal yourself. And as much as we have heard happening in Capernaum, do, meaning you do, also here in your hometown. So they want to experience that same thing in Nazareth. But here's the problem. Notice that the town Capernaum, that is Kafar Nehum. Now, Isaiah speaks at the end of Isaiah chapter 8. He speaks about the beginning of Messiah being revealed where? Well, that light, and this is found in chapter 9, is going to shine in darkness. And the location is said at the end of chapter 8. Where? It says that that between the allotment of land to Naphtali and the allotment of land to Zebulun. In that area, at the sea, this is where Messiah is going to be revealed, where he's going to begin to do that light, that revelation. And that's why the people, knowing the important word, Nahum or Nahama, comfort, consolation they built a city because of that prophecy and they called it the village of comfort Capernaum this is where he's going to work and what are they saying they're saying we want to see those same things here in our town what's the message we need to go to where Messiah is working he says last verse verse 24 he said in response to this Truly, I say to you that no prophet is received in his hometown. No prophet. Why? Because they know him. And the message is this, that we have to know him, not just in the natural, but know him in the spiritual. As the word of God reveals him. And it's only through a biblical account Can you understand who he is and what he's done as the Redeemer, this one who has good news for the world and good news as well for you? 
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.